0: Big comedians. He's he's had HBO specials, Netflix specials.
1: I'm sure if I saw his face, I'd know exactly who you're talking uh, about.
0: Redhead, tall redhead. Okay, yeah. Okay,
1: so, no. Okay, so was the episode good?
0: Uh, I'm halfway through it. It's pretty good. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. We're rambling yeah, here. Talking
0: about golf and pool, darts. Okay. Smoking darts.
1: Smoking darts. Shooting
0: darts. Smoking darts and shooting darts.
1: What's going on, everyone? Thanks for joining us on our latest episode of the Retick Lounge. Again, thank you so much for all the support that you guys have given. Uh, We got a good episode for you guys today. There's been a lot of talk, talk, trying to talk here, a lot of talk in the Retick community in regards to size expectations. We're going to be covering size expectations for Mainland as well as for the Dorf and Superdorf stuff as well that you guys see out there and just uh, give our two cents in regards to you know, what to look out for and and, and just to have realistic expectations. Um, so before we jump into that, don't forget to uh, like, subscribe, and comment if you are watching this on YouTube. Um, and again, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, thank you so much for the support on those platforms. Go ahead and like and follow on that. And uh, Nathan, talk about our Patreon, talk about USARC, hit it.
0: Yeah, so uh, join us over on our lounge over at patreon.com slash the lounge. We have about 42 members and growing and an awesome discord. So uh, join us. We have a lot of behind the scenes access. Uh, we have Patreon meetings every other week and just really cool content being uploaded there so make sure you're not missing out on that and then as well make sure that you're a member of us arc they have a couple of alerts out right now so make sure you're taking the actions necessary and then just support them in numbers
1: yeah absolutely um so i want to kind of just jump into this and i think what we should really start off first is talking about size expectations and let's focus on mainlands and like larger locality animals and talk about that because I think there's a lot to be said about the mainland localities in regards to size, because there there's a couple things that I hear a lot about in the community um, misleading in size. And then also, I don't know. I mean, I'll just start off. I hear a lot of people talking about mainlands, and they're like, oh, mainland, you know, they get 18 to 20 feet with that statement right there. Nathan, what are your thoughts?
0: Uh, So yeah, my my experience is limited, but with resources like uh, Weston Werner over at Wildfire and uh, Richard Bilbo, who also keeps some mainland stuff, uh, I've been able to have some experiences with some mainland animals and, you know, I've never seen like any of the true monsters. I know that's more of an outlier for most of these people's collections. Um, and obviously if you're keeping main lens and that's something that you're, you're prideful about, then you're going to want that monster in your collection, right? Like, yeah, I mean, but I mean, for the most part, you, you see them for the females getting like 14 to 16 foot. And if you're keeping a reticulated Python healthy, it's going to be lean, not super fat and overweight. So, I mean, big, big animals, but not giant animals.
1: Yeah. Um, You know, the whole, like, you know, you you Google on, I was going to say you Google on Google, clearly you, you go on Google and you search like reticulated Python size, and you'll find a bunch of stuff that say like 24 feet, 30 feet. Right. And, and don't get me wrong. Reticulated pythons are the longest species of snake in the world. Um, arguably, you know, some people say that anacondas can be longer. I don't, I don't know, but retics, I think take the king on longest snake in the world. Um, so, you know, are there monster retics? Absolutely. absolutely. Like, especially, like, the thing is, is that we're seeing monster retics in the U.S. starting to fade away, and it's happening less and less and less. And and I don't well, know.
0: Par- do you think part of that is captive breeding?
1: Absolutely. And I was actually going to say that. I've I've talked to a lot of mainland keepers and people who've been doing this for a while, and as we continue to... So something that that the Superdorf community or at least locality people like myself that really try to focus in on is not inbreeding a bunch, right? We want to try to crossbreed out to different um, bloodlines and in different unrelated animals in order to keep – I had a light go out, but I don't know which one. Anyways, um, and so You're
0: looking beautiful still. Keep going.
1: Thanks. Um, so, you know – Early in the 90s into the 2000s, 2010s, and now we're here still in the 2020s, um, mainland keepers and breeders at the time weren't concerned about that. They were pushing the morph market because that was the craze back then. Everyone was doing it, and they were just trying to make supers of things, and they were trying to breed things in order to make new combinations. And so mainland's in general have been inbred um, time and time again, and I think we're just losing, you know, we're... we're maybe it's the feeding regiment and again this is all speculation okay so maybe it's the feeding regiment that's changed maybe it's smaller enclosures that they're not getting the opportunity to fully stretch out and get as much as exercise as they need to get the metabolism going to grow in length again speculation but the reality of it is is that i don't know in my opinion there's probably less than 10 20 foot retakes in this country right now um, they're they're not the monsters that everyone um, you know, they, they definitely are big. Like, don't get me wrong. A 16-foot retic, tick, especially a mainland or a mainland locality, is a massive snake. And one big difference between a, like, Superdorf cross or a Superdorf and a mainland is the body composition and the body mass. A 10-foot Superdorf is about 15 to 20 pounds. A 10-foot mainland can be 50 pounds and still not be an overweight animal body composition is very different between the two of them. And so that's where I think a lot of the, um, you know, the differences between the, the super species and the mainland species come from. But, um, there are still some really big bloodlines out there. There are pure Sulawesi's out there that have been produced that are getting into the 16, 18 foot range. Um, People still have the big bloodlines, but they are few and far and in between. And I agree with Nathan, probably the majority of the mainland you're going to see for females by the time that they're 15 years old or so are probably going to be 14 to 16 feet. Um, and I don't know. I see some people that have like six to eight year old males, um, that are still 10 to 12 feet, um, you know, and, and whether, and again, this is not from, I don't have experience with doing this, whether that's maintenance feeding, whether that's keeping them nice and lean intentionally to not have an obese snake. Um, but you know, in general mainland's, um, you know, that range of 12 to 16 feet. But again, I think people think 12 foot and don't think of a big snake, but you got to think about body composition, right? It, it's a lot heavier than yeah. your, than your 12 foot Superdorf cross.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I mean, add another 20, 30 pounds and you're talking a whole different animal. But also, that's just, a big reason why I keep what I keep, you know?
1: Yeah. I wanted to throw one more comment out there um, because there's a lot of people that post on social media platforms like, here's my 18 foot reticulated python. And clearly it's like a 15 foot reticulated python. Um, And here's the difference. Like once that snake hits 15 feet in the mainland world, Again, not talking from experience, but talking to people who have more experience than me and Nathan combined, the, the jump from 15 feet to 16 feet in terms of weight, muscle, power is massive. We're talking about only a 12 inch difference, but the weight difference and the muscle and the strength difference between like a 15 foot retake and a 16 foot retake or a 16 foot retake and an 18 foot retake. You know, we're only thinking two feet, but that is a massive difference when it comes to handling that snake.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, you're talking about needing a, a few people on hand.
1: Yeah. Um, so I guess to kind of sum up the mainland part of this discussion. Um,
0: Just because we can't add a whole lot being. Yeah, we're not we're mainland not, keepers. Yeah, we're not mainland keepers at all.
1: I have one mainland in my collection, right? Now. No, two, but one of them's technically not mine. Um and so and I'm uh, I'm
0: planning I'm planning to possibly play around with some mainland stuff, but you know it's it's just anthrax. to add <clears throat> shut up. <laughs> 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 um but no, I mean it, it's all it's all planning to work it smaller.
1: Get 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 neck get la la la
0: get an anthrax. I, I need to get facility and some employees a facility. to do it oh, oh for the anthrax uh, I, I well, said get
1: an anthrax
0: get uh, yeah sorry my my mind was just in what, other places but what did no. you think i said i thought you were gonna say no just dive in get get some get some maintenance and no, like, no 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 Lucas.
1: no don't do that
0: no, but um y- but before- it, it's a possibility it's a possibility
1: so before we jump into the Dorf and Superdor stuff, real quick, want to give you a word from our sponsor. Um, yeah. Whether you're just getting into retakes or you've been breeding for years, the first place you want to visit is Stewart Design. More and more breeders keep showing up at shows on Morph Market and all over socials. Sometimes it may feel impossible to get anyone's attention. Stewart Design helps small businesses like yours do big things through brand clarity, helping entrepreneurs to start and scale businesses that are easy to know and love. Their work can help any company or industry, but they've done a ton of work for ours. Stewart Design created the brand for U.S. Arcs, Canova, Reach Out Reptiles, Coiled, and dozens of other well-known reptile breeders. Like many of us, the owner of Stewart Design, Blake, is a keeper and breeder who fell in love with retics. Although Stewart Design does a lot of corporate work, Blake has a passion for working with people in the reptile industry. So, wondering if Stuart Design is right for you? Stewart Design can help if you're just getting started or you're ready to take things to the next level. Maybe you're struggling to stand out and build your presence online or at shows. And maybe you don't want to be like the other guys or get lost in the crowd. You want to make your own way doing what you love. You might just have a big idea and know your business is special, but you need help sharing it with the reptile community. If something here resonates with you, reach out to Blake, have a conversation with him to learn more or get started. Visit sdidentity.com or call them at
0: 855-SD-LOGOS.
1: Clear brand own markets, steward design helps create them.
0: As well make sure that you're visiting vivtechproducts.com and using our affiliate code for 15% off. Retic lounge 23 is the code. Again, that's vivtechproducts.com. This is our second episode with this affiliate link, so make sure you guys are taking advantage of it. One more time, it's vivtechproducts.com and use our affiliate code retic lounge 23 for 15% off.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. If you guys want to improve the mental health and the physical health of your retakes, go ahead and use VivTech products. Um, all right. Let's jump into the – I almost said UVB. Let's jump into the Superdorf and the Dorf, um, size expectations, rains, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, this is a very heated topic right now in terms uh, – there's been a lot of people misled that kind of think that these animals stay – much smaller than they really do but then also there are some of these animals that stay pretty small and so Nathan kind of just start off that discussion
0: yeah so um it's hard because I, I think when you start talking about these dwarf and super dwarf crosses you have to take in so many factors um how legitimate the bloodlines are working with our, um, percentages of everything. What and do you mean by you're bloodline? talking? Uh, so bloodline, that's what I was going to get into next is just, uh, generations of these animals and being able to track siblings of these animals, that kind of thing, just trying to get a decent, uh, barometer of what size this animal could potentially reach right so in the dwarf super dwarf game it's pretty muddy honestly because i've seen 62 and a half percent kalatoa animals that get huge get you know 13 foot so i mean it's yeah it's just hard when you start mixing in really big crosses because it depends on how the breedings were done was it a super dwarf male taken to a mainland female was it a mainland female or sorry was it a mainland uh male taken to a super dwarf female it's gonna drastically change the outcome of that production
1: yeah Um, you know, there's, there's that one school of thought that tends to think that like, you know, the female size definitely outweighs and has an advantage into what the size of the animals in. But there are some people who also say that, you know, there's not much scientific evidence to say that, even though there's like a study out there in regards to ligers, like lion and tigers, there's, there's this assimilation and there's uh, a study out there that showed that, you know, when you take a female lion, to a male tiger, which, by the way, if you don't know, tigers are much bigger than lions. So, there's a study out there that shows that if you take a tiger male to a lion female, the ligers end up smaller, or if you do it, vice versa. Now, there isn't that type of empirical studies that suggest that on reptiles. So, again, oftentimes we find in this community... Oh, there goes the other light. I don't know what turned on, but um, uh, there goes... um, in the reptile community and in reptile science typically keepers sometimes are ahead of science in this in the sense of like we've we've been able to identify and and see differences in for example reticulated python locality right science is way behind on reclassifying a lot of these subspecies of these different localities out there um and so it might be that science is behind and we're more fast forward but you know again there's no evidence to support that, but there are two school of thoughts in regards to that. I'm sorry if that sounded really sloppy. Been a long day, so <laughs> just to sum up, you have people that do believe that if the female is smaller, it can impact the 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 total outcome of the size of the offsprings as adult, and there's people that say no, just because the female is smaller and lays smaller eggs, there's still genetic potential from both sides.
0: Um, I, I think I I see a little bit of both sides. Uh, you know I'm only, you know technically one season into breeding animals and then working towards my second. Um, but this is no you don't know, cut even yourself within short. my first, no 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 I'm this saying within my first. I'm what? This is your third season. No.
1: The the second season, none of your females cycled, but you still went through the process.
0: Well, they cycled the male. The male was too young. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so the this third season, however, Lucas wants to say it i'm I'm just <laughs> saying the the animals, even just within that first clutch, I think there's a lot of variability, not drastic, you know, we're not seeing animals that are double the size or anything like that, but there's definitely some animals that are just a little bit bigger than some of the animals I've kept,
1: yeah, yeah, um so. Um, man, size is one of those things in the superdorf community that's pretty heated. Um, in, in regards yeah. to like what you can expect, because I think where we got in trouble in the superdorf community is trying to give an expectation of size too early, right? Right now, superdors are still popular, and we're still only two or three generations into making um 87.5%. Uh, you know, I think Eric Lee, it might be the only one who's four generations in at 93.75% Superdorf. Um, and so you got to also realize that this is still relatively young. So I think what we did in the Superdorf community, um, and I'm speaking about we as in just the Superdorf community in general, is I think we we kind of jumped the gun a little early and shot ourselves in the foot and started started estimating size a little too early. Because... And and Nathan might disagree with me or, or, or not, and and if he does, I would love to hear his opinions, but when you have a super dwarf locality, or dwarf locality, and then you have a mainland locality, and you're bringing them in, there's a word that I, I, I'm very fond of called genetic potential. And so, in any given clutch of any cross, there's genetic potential from both sides, right? So we think about humans, right? Like I can be five foot 11 and you know, my, 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 my older brother is like five foot eight, five foot eight and a half. Right. Um, but if you look at our parents, my dad is like five foot seven and a half. And my mom is like five foot six. There's no reason why I should be five foot 11 and my older brother is six feet. Right. But there's generations behind that caused that influence. Um, yep, you know my 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 grandfather was six foot two, so so there's there's genetic potential, and so in any given clutch, you can have a very small animal being produced, and you can also have a a larger animal that's produced within that given clutch. In my opinion,
0: um, and that kind of comes down to more the bloodline thing that I I more tend to believe in is. You know, look at the size of parents, grandparents, if you can, and even beyond. And size potential is definitely factored in. I mean, you you look at any family and it's the same thing, like you were saying. So, you know, parents are a good start. And generally, as a good rule of thumb, parents and grandparents are just a great baseline of what the animal could reach, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. I, I I personally don't like to give a size estimate, but if I have a customer who's coming up to me or a client that is coming up to me and they're asking me size potential and they won't take no for an answer. Um, like I, I give the, I give the like plus two minus two from parents to be safe. And what's crazy is that like, that sounds crazy. I'm going to give you a very wide range. I'm not going to make it any more narrow than that, but, um, you know, I, I, one thing that I think that is something we should discuss is, like, so right now the Superdorf standard is 50% Superdorf, right? So, what... Yeah. what I, and you... I
0: think that's, that's generally fair. In, in any bloodline, I would, you know, want to yeah. be 50% to start to claim. Like, I'm not going to claim that I'm black if I have you know, 2.5% West African blood.
1: No, absolutely. Like 50% is... So let me... I'm going to play devil's advocate here with you. So why is 50% the standard? If it's 50% Superdorf and 50%... Like, I can also say it's 50% mainland. Can I not?
0: Oh, yeah, you absolutely could. So I'm wondering
1: i'm one of the people i think
0: other factors are involved especially when it comes to me i I don't think i'm ever going to work with something that's just pure 50 percent super dwarf it's always going to have some dwarf blood mixed in and try to muddy that bloodline there's going to be generations of captive breeding into super dwarf dwarf projects before i buy an animal
1: right no i i agree and um You know, and the thing is, is like 50% Superdorf can still be two, three generations in, but you just kept it at 50%. But if you continue to use smaller animals to produce those breedings, you know, you can end up with a smaller animal on your third generation of 50%. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's just like, I, I'm one of the people who wants to push the industry forward and I would like to see. I, I want to see the industry standard for Superdorf be at 62.5 at a minimum because I still see a lot of 50%ers getting up to the 12, 14-foot range. And, I, I mean, this goes back to me just not liking the term Superdorf because, like, we're talking about Superdorf, and I, I want a small animal if I'm going to buy a Superdorf. And so a 50%er yeah. who's 12 feet – that's a big snake.
0: <laughs> and here, here's where I, I can uh, uh, serve this one back a little bit. My my first project was done with technically a, a mainland animal, 25% Kalatoa, 25% jampea.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He was probably about five foot. How really skinny he's he was probably three years old, okay I would need Joe Holt to really confirm this and maybe we can uh edit in a little something on the bottom blur uh, try to get the exact age on him when we bred him, but he it was definitely smaller than my sixty two and a half percent phantom tiger that I am breeding this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that's again, this just goes to like how, uh, oh, and
0: Kal- did, I, I don't know if I said Kalatoa, but he was 62 and a half percent Kalatoa.
1: Yeah. So this just goes to show the kind of murkiness that there can be within any given pairing and production of superdorf animals. So, my best or mainland
0: animals the same the same thing can be said because you can you can breed for size you can be trying to be getting these giant animals by selectively taking the uh, largest different local yeah the larger localities um like bali that kind of thing and just shooting for that giant giant animal yeah. um but the same thing can be said for the other end of the spectrum, you know?
1: Yeah. So one thing that I want to get and and again, this is just something that I feel like I have to get off my chest because I I am a locality I consider myself a locality breeder as opposed to like a super breeder. Um and one thing that people so like in the superdorf localities, we're talking about Madu, Karampa Kalatoa. Um you know, you have these three localities that are known to stay smaller. Um, and y- you need to also understand that there, there are a lot, in my opinion, and from my observation from what I've seen, there's a lot more 10-plus-year-old Kalatoas that are in the 9- to 10-foot range that are in the 7- to 8-foot range when it comes to females. Um, I've, I've A good example, you know, I have a wild-caught female, Eric Lee has a handful of 10-plus-year-old animals that are 9, 10-foot-plus, you know. And so, you know, age is a very important factor in regards to the size potential of the animal that you're possibly buying. Um, So keep in mind that pure Superdwarfs, pure Kalatoas, can still be in the 9- to 10-foot realm, even 11-foot realm, for, for some of the TK line animals that are out there.
0: Keep yeah, that in I've mind. Seen, I've seen bigger Pures for sure than some of my crosses that I have at home. So that's yeah. absolutely true.
1: Yeah. So um, you know, it, it it's one thing, you know, there's there's people out there that will say over and over again that their twenty five percent superdorf stays smaller than Pures. Don't very bite. unlikely. Don't, don't buy it because if a pure superdorf can still get in the nine to 10 foot realm, how in the world does a 25% Kalatoa, 75% mainland, again, mainland blood, big animals, right? Not, not monster 20 footers. Like we were talking about earlier, but still heavy bodied, bigger animals. I like get 15, 16 feet, please Someone out there explain to me how we're only three generations in to this 25 percenter. Is this animal like three generations at most, at most, please tell me how that 25 percenter is going to stay smaller than a pure. If you can, if you can give me that information, please do like drop it in the comments, call me, like text me. But it's not likely. So if a breeder is telling you that they're 25% Kalatoa, 75% mainland is going to stay smaller than a pure, run in the other direction. Look for another breeder to buy from, please.
0: Yeah. Nathan, and I think stop when, when <laughs> it comes down, no, <laughs> I, I think it, when it comes down to like, when I'm talking to a potential customer, I just give them what I have size of parents, like, so the size of the animals I'm breeding the age of the animals I'm breeding, that's extremely important because these animals aren't like to their full size potential. They're not 10 plus year animals. Um, They're getting close. They're getting close to that 10 year mark past the past the five year mark. So, uh, you know, it's, I always say there's a potential that these, my animals can get bigger and there's a potential that the animals that are produced can get bigger than what the female is or what the male is or what have you.
1: Yeah. Don't, don't ever think that if you're buying an offspring off of someone that it'll stay the same size or smaller than the mom or dad, there's always a chance that it can get bigger. Again, you know, my parents are both smaller than me and my older brother in terms of height. You know, you, you got to look a little bit further than that if you really want a true realization of what you're going to be getting. Um,
0: and... yeah look look back at our episodes like uh, how to find a mentor or how to buy a super dwarf dwarf retic and just look at some of our tips there but i think the highlight for me is just like ask all the questions you can and if that breeder is not willing to answer those questions and give you as much information about the animal you're buying steer away
1: yeah yeah and i mean um one thing that I also wanna just kind of talk about as well is just like if if you're if you're talking to someone and they're trying to guarantee you a size range again that's that's a red flag for me because we really don't know um
0: it, well in- I think most people at this point have strayed away from that i I think they talk uh, for the most part i I think if you're smart about this and realize what these animals are the potential they have uh you know just in terms of uh damage to an inexperienced keeper i think you have to be as honest as possible yeah right now
1: yeah um and and if it's okay with you i want to kind of curtail and kind of change the discussion and talk about the dwarf localities
0: yeah let's Um, do it
1: so dwarf localities so traditionally speaking um you know, we, we have the Lesser Sunda or the, or the Bonnaray Islands, which are the, the seven islands that are located south of Sulawesi that have been identified as superdorfs and dwarfs, right? Again, just to make everyone fully aware, superdorf and dwarf is a marketing term. There is nothing scientific about it. Retics do not display true dwarfism. They don't. They, they they dwarfism is a mutation, whereas what we're seeing is evolution based off of animals that were separated, living on smaller islands. So they're they're not correct terms. They're marketing terms, which um, you know hopefully it's
0: it's the island it's the island effect. You see it with lizards. I mean, look at the Komodo islands. That, the, that- yeah. That's yeah. all, you, all you need is it's the island effect with animals. You are yeah. either going to have the effect of the animal needing to be smaller to survive or larger to survive.
1: Right. Exactly. And so just real quick, we're talking about the longest species of snake in the world, right? And now we've coined these terms superdwarf and dwarf. And at the end of the day, they are still large constrictors. An eight-foot snake is still not a small snake. But I also want to, to touch on the subject, and this is going off topic about what I was going to hit with the dwarfs, but again, just want to talk about it. Um an eight-foot superdorf versus an eight-foot Malin. Wait, maybe I already talked about this. The the size difference of those two when it comes to weight, like I, I think one thing that we get you obsessed. Have, but... Yeah, but I'm gonna say one more comment. This we we can make this Lucas's first rant of twenty twenty three.
0: Um one thing still that... don't I still don't have the the overlay for it, but Ex- we'll get exactly
1: it. um but one thing that like people get so caught up on is length, right? Length, 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 length. How long is my snake? A ten foot snake. Hey, is...
0: some people are girth people. Don't don't <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I mean oh, not geez. everyone gets caught up in length, Lucas.
1: Exactly. Okay. You fair enough. Um so um in the superdorf community, you know, we say like how long or how like size is measured based on length, but like I can guarantee you if you're I'm not a big dude. I'm I'm five foot eleven.
0: I hate you. I can't take any of this shit seriously. I'm sorry oh okay. so <laughs> stature wise listen to it back <laughs> you'll, you'll you'll laugh too. You.
1: no i i clearly see what you're going with height wise a five foot eleven my my you know I, I i'm not i'm not a massive dude i'm not a chad harsh who we just interviewed who's who's you know six foot plus and a big dude and i can still hold a seven and a half, eight foot retic in one hand, right? Like I can still have it coiled around my hand, going up on my forearm, and still hold the seven, eight foot retic, right? A Superdorf door tick you know. So I want, I want just to be very clear in the sense of like eight foot to people sounds very big because it's longer than you are tall, but it's still a super manageable size. Like weight means a lot. Um, I took a an animal to the vet not too long ago who's uh seven and a half to eight feet and and weighed only eight pounds eight pounds you're curling more at the gym like you're holding a dumbbell like even for you for 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 you that are Do you have
0: any weight comparisons with any of your mainland animals um
1: i would probably venture to say that my 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 14 or 15 month old mainland right now that's six foot is probably over 10 pounds and that's just going by weight of what I, I I feel in my hand. He definitely feels like a heavier snake. Um, but but nothing that's like anecdotal. I haven't like taken measurements or anything. The only time I weigh my yes. snakes is if if I have to take them to the vet. I know there's people that are super like, I weigh. There there's a lot of ball python keepers that are starting to keep super superdoors and they weigh their retakes every other week. I don't do that. I don't have enough time on my hands uh, yeah. to.
0: <laughs> I don't either. Even though my personal <sighs> scale is in my Retick room so like i mean my my first routine in the morning take a dump go into the retick room check on the snakes and then see where i'm at <laughs> but no i'm not weighing my animals but i have in the past just around breeding just to get an idea of like you know what these animals are so i can you know talk to people about what i'm dealing with on a daily basis and yeah. My 75% animals, 75% Kalatoa, 12.5% Jampaya. Um The purple, she's probably, I think when I first bred her, she was like 14 pounds, something like that, full of eggs, close to 20. Yeah. And then <clears throat> I think now, a couple years later, she's sitting around 16 pounds, something like that, super manageable. Okay. Um, the... Is that is that just loaded who's... or unloaded? Huh? Oh that... unloaded. Okay. Unloaded, yeah, for sure. She's probably 18 to 20 pounds loaded up. <laughs> um <laughs> and then uh, her her sister from a different breeding, um, she's also a year younger, she's a little bit bigger. So the purple's about nine and a quarter foot, if I were to guess, and then The annery is about Nine and a half Maybe pushing ten We'll see Um, I would venture to say She's twenty pounds Twenty-five full
1: Okay Um, So yeah I mean for me Yeah I'm not even gonna pretend To say that Well not
0: even That can even show A tiny bit of variability In bloodline She's Same bloodline Different breeding But also just a slight Bit bigger
1: Yeah yeah, again, a good point in terms of, of just variety and difference even within a given bloodline. But um, anyways, I want to hop back into the Dorf stuff. So the reason why I was going on my tangent on this Superdorf and Dorf um, conversation about marketing turns is because we we still talk about Jampaya and Slayers as dwarfs, right? And I am also just – I'm going to be fully um, – again, my thought here – turnate islands turnates they are dwarves um i know there's a lot of people out there that don't say that but we have 11 wild caught animals in this country with the biggest one being about 14 foot at the most um <coughs> excuse me still i see turn- a lot
0: of them being smaller than some of the Jampea and and Solaire animals that i that's, see and that's I what see i'm some saying of those animals get really big like i Dude. would never consider a, a Jampea or a pure right. soleil just because i know their size potential
1: and that's and that's kind of what i wanted to talk about like soleilers are considered dwarf there are multiple 15 foot soleilers out there that are 40 50 pounds and we're talking about using the term dwarf so again like for those of you new in the industry just because you buy a dwarf animal does not mean you're getting a small animal like a soleiler a quote-unquote true dwarf um you know, it's still like I have a 14-foot Solaire in my snake garage right now that is actually very, very lean compared to all of her siblings, compared to all the other related animals to her. Um, as a matter of fact, Chris McVicker has an animal that's that's a sibling of her that is is massive compared to my animal, and she is still 14 foot. So I, I got her from Reach Out Reptiles. He did a video like three years ago. Weighing his animals, and I'm pretty sure she was like 34 pounds and 13 foot 11 inches, right? And, and we're calling these animals dwarfs. So, again, when you're buying a dwarf, just understand what you're getting into. I just felt the need to go on this rant about like just make sure that you are mm-hmm. aware of the actual locality span and size. Like, for example, Reach Out Reptiles produced a pure Jampea clutch. Not too long ago, um, with wild-caught jampeas that are really small. I'm sure those animals will stay smaller than most jampeas. But also you look at Gaspar line jampeas, some of them have gotten to 14 feet to 15 feet. I think there's rumors, can't confirm this. Actually posted a picture of a jampaya um, that he had, I don't know for, for how long next to a gallon jug that the snake was almost bigger round than the gallon jug and was about 16 feet as a Jampea. So Gaspar line jamps are known to get big. They get 13, 14, 15 feet and they're heavier bodied animals and they look almost like a Kalatoa. So, you know, keep in mind about like the dwarf localities. You're not getting a small snake. You're not. And again, just to confirm my ramp, my rant, if a Salayer can be fifteen feet and be considered a dwarf, if a jampa can be considered fifteen feet and be considered a dwarf, Ternates that we haven't seen a single one in the US, and the people that I've talked to in Indonesia, because I'm weird like that, and I reach out to people in Indonesia and talk to them a lot about locality animals, have not seen Ternate Islands. 15 or uh, uh, at 15 feet, in my opinion, they're, they're a quote unquote marketing term dwarf. In my opinion, we have small, medium and large localities, right? We have Sulawesi's large localities, Java's large localities, Borneo's large localities. Then we have our mediums, the Ternates, the jampeas, the Slayers. Um, and then we have our smalls, the Kalatoa, the Madu's, the Karambas. So, Um, Just keep that in mind when we're talking about size. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, in the end, size matters.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: So, I mean, let, let me add a little caveat to that, especially with the dwarf super dwarf stuff. So a little context with me, like if I were new in this industry, coming to get my first dwarf retic and not really knowing much, kind of putting myself back in the shoes of my, myself, six, seven years ago, maybe eight when I first started hearing about these animals. Um, you know, if I heard dwarf and thought that these animals could stay, you know, 20, 30 pounds, given the position I'm in, I'm 40% disabled right now. My, my spine surgeon doesn't want me lifting more than 60 pounds. So if I get an animal that exceeds that, or even, you know, 30, 40 pounds, but that animal is hard to work with, that's going to give me a lot of medical issues that I don't want to deal with.
1: So size is
0: extremely important.
1: Yeah. 30 pounds dead weight. And you you don't
0: know what your potential customers are dealing with. They could be someone like me that has, you know, real limitations with, with what they can work with. Not everyone has that. And that's great. But I mean, yeah. when you're dealing with someone who really needs something to be smaller because they think it's going to be, then, you know, it, it's just really important to know what you're buying.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and it's one thing to have a 30-pound deadweight animal, but it's another thing to have a 30-pound animal that's moving against you. And, oh, there goes yeah, my this life isn't a
0: thirty. This isn't a 30-pound puppy. This is a 30-pound snake.
1: Yeah, that 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 really genuinely, you know, a lot of them are great to handle, but they move and they're going to yeah. move. They're going to be even a
0: well-mannered snake when it when it's moving and exploring. It's a lot to handle. It's a little workout. Yeah, it's even- fun. But like, I want to make sure that I can handle what's in my house. I don't want to have to think about, oh, where am I going to get rid of this animal that I can't keep?
1: Yeah. When are you going to come over and, and see the collection?
0: Uh, hopefully soon, but I mean, we'll just see how, uh, financially responsible I am over these next couple months.
1: We should do a live episode in my garage.
0: I mean, we should do a, a live episode whenever you can come out here too.
1: No, I agree. Um, but yeah, I mean... There's there's a lot on the topic that we could talk about and we could probably go for hours and hours. But I guess one point that I kind of want to sum up in regards to is like, as a new buyer, if someone's giving you a definitive size range, don't necessarily buy into it. Don't think that they're just scamming you because that might not be the truth. That, that might not be the, the case either, but there's there's potential that your snake can't go above or below that size range. Um, Anytime that you are mixing mainland blood into the situation, the genetic potential, the GP, right? There's always the potential that the snake can be bigger than what that breeder is suggesting. And again, that breeder might not be intentionally misleading you, or some breeders are intentionally misleading people, AKA 25% superdoor stain smaller than pure's. Um, but at the end of the day, um, just be informed, get as much information as we continue to talk about over and over in all of our episodes, get grandparents information, go as far back as you can to get size range and age. Age is such an important variable in this entire conversation. Um, Nathan, do you have anything else to add to kind of sum up to regard size potential of these animals?
0: No, I think my last little rant was mm-hmm. kind of what I wanted to sum up with. So, yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for uh, people to hear this and, <laughs> you know, share their thoughts with with us on, you know, our experiences through the years keeping these animals. And maybe we get some extra input from people who have extra experience. I'm I'm ready to just you know get some opinions and see what people think yeah. um otherwise i just want to say remember we have a great patreon community we talked about it at the top of the episode awesome discord community where people are active all day all night uh so yeah just jump on over there become a part of the lounge and we'll see you next week
1: all right you guys take care thanks for listening and enjoy it.